Gospels, and uh, we have just been uh, blessed with, uh, with what God is doing. I, I know it's not just here. It's around our community and around the world, but uh, God's good, and God is always here. Amen. And I'm not going to talk real long tonight. Pastor John's going to kind of give us something out of his life, but uh, we kind of opened up this evening with testimonies, and we're going through the stories with spirit uh, tonight and the last Sunday nights. You know, our Sunday nights are about prayer, and uh, we, we believe in the power of prayer. We believe that uh, the prayer meeting is the foundation of the church, and uh, that's kind of what we center Sunday nights around, even though we have worship and preaching, and we're going through stories with spirit. And tonight, we're going to kind of do things a little different. I'm going to give you a, a recap, a little bit of this morning, and Pastor John's going to come here in a second give you his live testimony, because turn with me to Exodus chapter 17, and we're going to add this to our stories with spirit, uh, what we've been going through, popular Bible stories, and just applying them to our life, and how God is challenging us to grow deeper in the presence of the Holy Spirit. And tonight, uh, I want to go back to Moses and the story of the water in the rock, just real quick. And, uh, amen. Exodus chapter 17. I'm timing myself, Pastor John, so I don't take your time. Amen. But let's read this just real quick. Recap. Moses gets them to a place called Rephidim, and uh, they have no water, and they've doubted God, and they've been demanding things from him. And if you missed this morning's message, look it up. It'll be online by Tuesday. Uh, but uh, they have uh, demanded and doubted things from God in their difficulty. And while they were focused on their difficulty, God was focused on their destination. And so they lost the perspective of the Lord. And so, there we go. Uh, And when they were focused on their problem, God was focused on the promise. And so they were missing out on these things. So what does God tell them to do? Moses, look in verse 4. Moses cried out to the Lord saying, what shall I do with these people? A little more they'll stone me. Then the Lord said to Moses, pass before the people and take with you some of the elders of Israel and take in your hand your staff with which you struck the Nile and go. Behold, I'll stand before you on the rock of Horeb, which is Mount Sinai, and you shall strike the rock and water will come out of it and the people may drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. All right, stop right there because there's I'm not going to redo the whole message from this morning, but simply this. When we are in a place that we are stuck between two deserts and we're halfway to nowhere and it feels like God has placed you in a, uh, he's like, God, I need some rest. God, I need you to work in my life. I don't know how to get from here to there. And God, what does he do? He sets you by a dry well and you're like, come on, God, give me a break. And when we are in a culture of faithlessness and we don't know how to get from point A to B, God gives us an illustration right here with Moses. He says, Moses, take the staff that I called you, the instrument that at one time, and I'll, I'm not going to preach next Sunday. Next Sunday we're going to get into this because Miss T is going to do something for us special next Sunday. But in Egypt he had a rod, a uh, authority, a, uh, an Egyptian authority rod, you know, a prince's rod. And he thought he lost it and he had to trade that in for a shepherd's rod. But God took that shepherd's rod, something perhaps Moses might have despised, but was his life story. All right. And God took that life story and said, let me show you what I can do with it. And so he says he turns it to a snake and then he takes that shepherd's rod, that staff, which represents Moses testimony. And he strikes the water and it parts the Nile. Now, God says here, Moses, in this culture of faithlessness, 
when you don't know how to get from point A to point B and you're filling your mind with doubts and demands from me, you're testing me. But what I need you to do is take some of, take your testimony outside of the camp of carnality, outside of the camp of faithlessness, and come outside and meet me. Get alone with me. So Moses takes his testimony, and then he elects several elders. We don't know how many, but it wasn't all of them from all 12 tribes. But we know that he took some elders. I believe personally he took the elders who were men and women of faith who would believe in the report of God at the rock where the water would come out, and they would be able to take that testimony back to the camp and affect culture change, affect change, to bring the testimony of faith into the house and the people of God. And so if we are in a church in a day and age today where we need to start hearing men and women of God who have a testimony of faith, people who say, I know in my life God has done a work in me. How many people are there? God has done something in me. It's undeniable that God is real. And when everyone in Israel begins to question, is God among us or not? Verse 7, is, is the Lord even here? Is he real? Does he care? Does he love me? Is there? That's what American church, most Christian kids are asking today. Is there a God? Is he real? Mom and dad, I don't know if, he, I don't know if he's in this church or not. I don't know if he's in school. I don't know if he's with me. Does God hear my prayer? That we would be a people and elders... People who would take our staff in our hands and say, God, we are going to get outside the camp of carnal flesh, the camp of doubts and disbeliefs and demands from God and say, God, we're willing to get along with you. Go to the Mount of Calvary, the rock, Jesus Christ. There the Holy Spirit's going to get poured out. And we're going to take that new testimony back into the camp and begin to see God move in revival because God is on a journey with us to take us somewhere. How many people believe that? Amen. I'm, I'm, I don't want to just stay in the desert. Amen. In, in, in a world that where there's naysayers and, and we're not going to have revival, we don't believe God's going to do something in our church or our community. We don't know if God can save our kids. We don't believe, we don't see the promise of God and like it used to be back in Acts chapter 2. It's not, can't happen today, won't happen today. We don't even pray for it anymore. But if we would say, God, are there men and women still holding on to the testimony of faith? Are there people who believe God can still meet them again? And we begin to share that testimony with a new generation, a new culture, and say, God, I'm willing to get outside of this whole mess of this world. Me and these other people, we're going to go get alone with you in the wilderness. While everybody's complaining about how bad the world is, we're going to go over here to the cross. We're going to get over here and get filled up with the Holy Spirit and believe that river is just going to begin to trickle all the way back into the camp again. And uh, that's what we want to kind of take to prayer tonight. And I'm going to ask Pastor John to come up. Because he's one of my staff, <laughs> he's on my staff, and uh, and I want him to share his testimony tonight, uh, and that testimony of faith, and we're going to come back and, and pray together, but bring it, brother. Give this guy a hand. Thank you. God is a really, really awesome God. I, I haven't, I've given my testimony here one time before during youth and uh mine's not exactly your your average testimony but it's definitely a powerful one it's one that has as much god's if not more than it is my own and i don't know if you guys have felt it tonight but god's been moving already he's been moving among us and i'm just thrilled and excited at what god's gonna do
tonight in our hearts and in our lives. Tonight, he's, he's prepared tonight I've, for us. And if you're wondering if tonight is something that God's trying to speak to you, it is. I can tell you right now, as a matter of fact, he told me of, of two people while I was sitting in that pew specifically that he's prepared tonight for you just because he wants, it's something he really wants to do in your life. And tonight's the night that he's set to do it. But it's not limited to those two. There are times when God's, God's set to do things. And I believe with all my heart that tonight is one of those nights that God has set aside to do something in this church body. But I'll go ahead and I got to get into it. My, I grew up in a Christian home, you know, saved at a young age, filled at a young age too. And God's, I've always known God. He's always, he's always been there, it seems, for me. But I, I had problems too. See, my, when I was growing up, I tried to do the right things and I tried to, to love on people. But the devil didn't want me to succeed. He didn't want me to represent Christ as, call, as Christ has called me to be. And so it kind of all, there's a lot of pain that happened when I was younger. And I, I carried it with me. I could never lay it down. And the real testimony was I went to a camp, a church camp. It's called the discipleship camp. And the speaker there started speaking. And something I'd, I'd forgotten and I'd buried and pushed away. God reached in my heart and drew attention on it and revealed it to me. See, when I was, when I was in fifth grade in elementary school, to this day I still don't know why. But my in, entire class, not like my class under that teacher, but my grade... They beat me up on the playground and on the soccer field. And, you know, that might not seem like a lot, but that's not something that happens in suburbia. And I grew up in the suburbs of Oklahoma City. It's just something that never I've never seen it happen in that school before, and I've never heard of it after. I was literally pulled by all four of my appendages till I was held in the air. And they kicked and they punched me and they screamed at me. But I knew I was supposed to forgive, so I tried to forgive them. It's not something that's easily forgiven, though. Especially not when you're a kid and you don't know how to handle it. And it seethed inside of me started out as, as bitter. I didn't even tell any teachers because I didn't want anybody to get in trouble. I didn't want anybody else to, to get hurt. So I just kind of tried to, to deal with it on my own and said, I'll be fine. God's there for me, right? And of course he is. Of course he was. 
but the devil took that little, that little spark of bitterness and he worked on it and worked on it until it pretty much became me. And that bitterness, it morphed. It turned from bitterness to anger. I was just angry all the time. See, the person that I am nowadays is nothing like the person that I used to be. I kept it all inside. I bottled it all up. You know, some people thought I, I was just introverted, introverted, but that's not it. It was not introversion. I was scared. I was scared that if I opened up, what was inside me would get out. And I was scared for those around me and what that would happen. I was so bitter and angry and frustrated that it, it morphed into hatred and it morphed into rage. And it literally became what defined me. It became as much me as anything else, if not more. But God called me down to the altar. The guy, the guy who was preaching, he was giving his testimony of when he lost his daughter and, and God took care of him and just wrapped him and held him and loved him. You know, you don't hear about some of the things just God just doing something like striking the rock and water coming out nowadays. You don't, you don't hear about it in the here and now, but I'm telling you, he does. I was, I was so angry, so bitter. And it just, it boiled up to the point that I know I would have been in jail or dead if God hadn't done something to me inside of me. I could have easily been consumed, but I was consumed by that rage. And it's only by the grace of God that I was able to hold it in at all. That it didn't tear me apart and those around me. But I, he called out, said, if anyone's got a hurt or a pain or a burden to come down front to be prayed for. And I went down front and God had already worked on me and started getting me the first two nights. But that that third night was where he really moved in my heart and changed my life forever. I, I couldn't stand it. I didn't. I was like, God, I don't, I don't want to go down. I, I'm tired of being like this. I'm sick and I'm tired of it. I don't want to be filled with this anymore. I don't want the anger. I don't want the bitterness or the rage inside of me anymore. But God, I've tried and I tried and I just can't do it anymore at all. So I said, fine. I'll go. And I walked down front, not knowing what to expect or even to expect. And I said, God, I'm here. And then he had us to raise our hands if somebody was feeling it tearing him up inside right then. So I raised my hand. And he asked those around him to pray for him. So people started praying over me. 
And one guy in, in particular, there's lots of voices, but it stood out to me. He was praying, peace, peace over me. I said, okay, God. And I just said, okay, God. And he, I felt his presence just wrap me, surround me like a, a blanket, uh, just a giant hug by God, if you can even imagine that. And I felt his love on the outside, and I felt my rage and my hate and my anger inside. I said, God, why did they do that? Why did they hurt me? Why did they hit me? Why did they beat me? And God just just opened me up. There's no better way of explaining. He just opened me up. And he showed me Christ on the cross. And I, on his face, the pain and the agony inside of him. You know, and I heard in my heart, Father, why do they hit me? Father, why do they beat me? Father, why do they hurt me? And in that instant, that very second, it was like water from that rock. All my hate, all my anger, and all my rage was completely and entirely taken out of me. It was gone. But he didn't leave me empty. He put his love in me like I have never, ever known. I was so filled with his love, like I, I couldn't contain it. And it felt like, it felt like ten minutes just basking in his love for me. In him. Three hours later, when I got up off the floor and my youth group was waiting for me, I was a changed person. No longer was I defined by bitterness and hate and anger. Even more so now, I was defined and am defined by God's love inside of me. We are not bound by our problems. We are not bound by our hurts. We are not bound by the horrible, tragic things that happen to us. God can and will take that out of you and replace it with something else. I learned in that instant that there is nothing that I could go through or had gone through that Christ didn't know, that God didn't know, or even experience himself, because that was far worse what he went through than I ever went through. And I know with this testimony also carries that promise. Tonight is a night where God is looking to take something out of you, a cancer that's been tearing you apart, and replace it with a part of himself. To replace that bitterness with joy. To replace... 
to replace that hatred with love, that rage with a passion that can only come from him. You're going to lose that anger. It's not going to be there anymore. Instead, you're going to find God. But don't wait. Don't hold off. God has this for us. And I don't want you to miss it. If you have a pain or a hurt or something that has taken you away from God, even if you've been a Christian your whole life, the devil tries to subvert that and take it away from you. Now is the time. The water is flowing. If there is anybody here that has a heart, God is dealing with you, speaking in your heart specifically right now. Let's all just stand up. That deliverance by the same God is here for us. If you have that hurt or that pain that's taking you, whatever it is that the devil is trying to burden you down with, raise your hand right now. Amen. Keep it up because the rest of us are going to gather around you and we are going to pray for you. And God is here to deliver you tonight. To open you up. And take it out. And replace it with Him. So let's move. Let's start praying for those. Keep your hand up.